Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wolfpacker podcast. I'm your host, Matt Carter. we got a great guest coming to you shortly here to talk about one of my favorite times of the year, uh, spring and baseball, getting started here very shortly. But before we dive into that and introduce you to our guest, just a few housekeeping items that I promise to keep under two minutes. Um, please rate and review and leave a comment if you want about this podcast. Wherever you may listen to your podcast, you can download and subscribe uh, to our podcast. You can also watch it on our YouTube channel where we're getting very close to 2,000 followers, uh, which helps us out a little behind the curtain. Uh, every subscriber we get helps us get a little bit of money. So if you like the Wolfpacker, it helps us if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Speaking of the Wolfpacker.com, please come and uh, check out our website. Been, uh, we had a fun insider chat today. Um a lot of value to being a premium subscriber to the website. We got spring football coming, but really basketball silly season is just around the corner. Uh, and you can subscribe now and get all the way to the end of August for twenty nine ninety nine, which is a pretty good deal. That's basically getting three or four months for free. So uh, the deals are getting less and less after I moved to on three. So I can't promise there are going to be many more deals left to be had. So last but not least, Please uh, check out our sponsor, RogueShop.com. We've talked about them a lot. They're great supporters of the Wolfpacker.com. It's a husband and wife outfit, small company, uh, natural cannabis products uh, to, for your sleep deprivation or anxiety or chronic pain. These are natural legal supplements that can help you out. Uh, you can go to their website, RogueShop.com, excuse me, and they have a live chat feature where they will have a live human being, a real person, on the other end to help you out. They're also on our message board. Um, you know, the husband, Richard, is a former disabled war veteran and uh, got into these products to help himself out with some of his uh, pain issues that he had. And it's um, through that he's been been pushing these products to, to help people. So check them out. Um, ask questions. They've been interacting with people on that message board and uh, please support them. They're great supporters at thewolfpacker.com. So almost under two minutes. I failed, but I came close. I guess today is one of the voices of the Wolfpack. If you listen to that great win at Wake Forest in men's basketball, you heard him on the call there in Winston-Salem, which, which is a historic moment to come away with a win in Winston-Salem for NC State. Uh, but you will hear him a lot during baseball season, and that's Andrew Sanders. He's been calling baseball for a while, also women's basketball. Been calling a lot of NC State shop. So Andrew Sanders has joined us on the podcast to talk Pac-9. So Andrew, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Yeah, Matt. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, 
Um, and to our listeners, I'm getting over a respiratory virus. So if I sound really rough, apologies for that. But uh, you should have heard me last week. It was really bad then. So, all right, Andrew. Um, I'm going to start with a broad question. What are the odds that this is going to be a drama-free NC State baseball season by the time we come to May and June? Uh, you mean drama-free, like making the NCAA tournament? Uh, and, not get, and not getting not, kicked out. Not yeah. near the bubble? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then not, not being kicked out once you get Yeah. Well, um, you know, obviously it's the team that comes in ranked in the preseason. Uh, there's too many polls in college baseball. I think <laughs> college baseball fans know that, but uh, I pay the most attention to D1 baseball. They've got NC State ranked 21st. Uh, this is a team that is uh, certainly talented. Uh, they have uh, reloaded with 17 newcomers on the squad and obviously bring back uh, quite a few guys from last year that were key contributors. So uh, this is a team that, yeah, last year um, – all of the the experts and the pundits all said that, you know, it was a huge snub and NC State certainly deserved to be in the field. Um, and this is a team that certainly the expectations coming into the year are should be an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, I love D1 baseball. Aaron Fitt, I actually talked to him, I think in December, and he said he was still surprised NC State did not make the NCAA tournament many months later. He also said that, you know, you never know with baseball. It's a fickle sport. I mean, really... What they say in an MLB, you promise 60 wins, you promise 60 losses. It's what you do in the other 42 games that makes the difference. Uh, but if everything came together for NC State, he thought, yeah, they could be in contention to get back to Omaha. Those, those, those were his words. Um, as you've seen this team, you've talked to the coaches you to prepare for the opening series, what, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty here shortly, but broad picture, what do you think has to come together for NC State? I mean, what are you looking for in terms of this has got to come together for to maximize potential? Yeah, well, um, obviously, you know, pitching is so important. And uh, NC State is in a, a good position in which, you know, you bring back three guys that have proven that they can be starters uh, in on the weekend in the ACC, which is – big not a lot of teams are doing that um bring some talented newcomers on as well uh, but yeah if you ask me what has to click i mean obviously pitching needs to needs to be strong because um you know there's a lot of new faces in the lineup but historically i mean this team hits year in and year out has been extremely consistent uh and then obviously the defense has to be a lot better than last year that was really the backbone of that omaha team in 2021 uh one of the best defensive teams in the country uh, Coach Avon has said maybe that's his best defensive team that he's ever been around. And last year was not the case. The defense really struggled, and that cost NC State some wins. And, you know, when you're on the bubble and you're the last team left out, you know, it might have been. You can't – it's hard over the course of a season to say, you know, it was one thing or another, right? It's you got to right. take the season as a whole. But uh, the defense was, was poor, uh, especially by Coach Avon's standards because, again, typically the defense has always been very solid and – uh, I do expect this to be a much better defensive team, but that is something that, that has to click. Yeah, that would come particularly because, you know, NC State had so much success up the middle defensively over the years. As long as I can remember, you got the Diaz brothers, you had Joe Denan, Will Wilson, Jose Torres. Um, they couldn't quite get that shortstop left side of the 
Yeah, yeah, somebody named Trey Turner. He was all right. He was all right. And I'm sure I'm leaving out some other people as well. Um, obviously, with the pits and everybody's going to ask about Sam Highfield. Mm-hmm. And yeah, nobody knows how he's going to do. Obviously, you can't predict pitching injuries. They happen every single year. But going into the year, you have a sense of where Sam Highfield is right now. And, and you know, maybe remind our listeners or viewers, what kind of difference he can make if he's healthy and, and up to form. Yeah. So uh, that was obviously uh, a key loss in the middle of last year, but you know, really he wasn't as sharp as he had been the year prior uh, to start off the season. And uh, you know, what Sam Highfield can provide is a top of the line, you know, ACC starter. That's what he's been. So when you take that out of the equation, then everybody kind of has to move up a spot. So your Saturday guy becomes your Friday guy and so on and so forth. Now your midweek guys pitching on Sunday, you're trying to, and, and it just makes it tougher um, for the entire team. That's a, that's a big loss. And so they obviously missed him last year. Um, I thought, you know, a lot of guys stepped up uh, in that spot, but um, to answer your question, he is uh, feeling good pitching well, and uh, they expect him to play a huge role uh, this season, although at least to start the season off, uh, they do not see him as being a starting pitcher uh, for NC State. They're going to try to utilize him in the same way uh, that they used uh, Evan Justice a couple years ago or Chris Billiman. Uh, they really like having a, a swing guy, as they call it, a guy that can come in and pitch a couple of times on a weekend. And ideally, the, here's the thought process, Matt, is like you can spend six innings starting a game. Let's say let's say you throw six innings. Uh then you impact one game. The thought process being if you can throw, say, three innings on Friday and three innings on Sunday, you're still throwing the same workload. You're still uh, throwing six innings, but the impact is to hopefully close out two games that are wins for you. And uh, that's how they're going to they're going to start the season. Uh, they really trust Sam Heifel. Obviously, he's pitched on the biggest stage in college baseball. There's nothing that's going to face him. There's not going to be any moment that's too big for him. So they really like his mentality, his leadership, his maturity. Uh, coming in and trying to finish out some games for them. But uh, obviously, um, pitching changes over the course of the season. I mean, the weekend rotation to start against Wagner is not necessarily going to be the weekend rotation a month from now or towards the end of the season. Typically, it does change some. We saw a couple years ago they put Reed Johnston in that spot, in that swing spot, for many of the same reasons, his leadership, his maturity, his mentality, and – ended up flip-flopping him and put him, ended up making him the Friday guy and putting Evan Justice in the back end, and that worked out really well. So we'll see how things shake out, you know, over the course of the season. But that's the plan for Sam to start the year. And uh, obviously they're very excited to have him back and, yeah. and feeling good because he is a difference maker. And you mentioned that year with Reed Johnston. But if I recall, Evan Justice started the Correct. season opener that year. And so it was kind of a – as you mentioned with pitching, you do not know. It, it yeah. will and, and that's obviously two guys that, that were really good pitchers, right? Yeah. But it, it, it sometimes it takes a little while to find out the right, the correct role. And it turned out that Johnston, you know, was, was really good on, on Fridays and Evan justice became, you know, one of the most feared closers in college <laughs> baseball uh, by yeah. the end of that year. I mean, he, he would come in the game in the seventh and you knew, I mean, the game was over. Yeah. And so it, it, sometimes it takes a little while to shake out, but, uh, that is that's kind of the mold that they want to have him in and that role to start the year, like you saw Villeman last year. But it, it is important to note um, 
I was told they've already got him. You talk about uh, stretching out a pitcher at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, they don't see Sam Highfill as being necessarily a one inning guy. I just want to be clear about that. He's worked up to starters uh, workload, so he could throw as many as you know five innings, maybe. You know, if, if they need him to, uh, maybe they only pitch him one time on the weekend. So, you know, there might be a certain situation where they just feel like, look, it's Friday night, we're in the fifth inning, and if we can go to Sam and if he can, you know, get 15 outs, and then that would be worth it to secure that win on Friday. There might be other times where they say, hey, we need six outs or three outs. You know, he might he might be uh, a one inning guy, but he can be a lot more than that if need be. Obviously, uh, Logan Whitaker and Matt Willerton are kind of known commodities. Right. Uh, you kind of ho- I think the hope is that Whitaker, after getting a full year, holds up deeper into um, May than he may have done last year when, you know, young man was pitching for the first time in basically three yeah. years. And yeah. uh, but, he's uh, added about 15 pounds of muscle. He's a lot. Uh, he's a lot. Uh, I mean, he's kind of a thinner guy last year. He, he just looks different walking around. He's uh, definitely, you know, hit the weight room hard. And, uh, and yeah, with it, you know, people kind of forget because he pitched so well that, yeah, his first three years completely lost to injury. So that was really kind of his first experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting because he was a, a, a mature guy, a veteran guy that had been around the program for a while, but was getting some of those first opportunities. And, yeah, that's the hope. You know, he really dedicated himself to, to working really hard and, uh, you know, maybe having a little more gas in the tank. What do you say some of the X factors to watch on the staff? I know um, Aaron Fitt was really high on uh, Rio Britton. I hope yeah. I'm pronouncing that right. A transfer from Oregon. Um, who would you say are some of the, maybe some X factors or curiosities that you're curious to see um, maybe joining the, some of those known commodities on the staff? Yeah, well, certainly uh, Rio Britton is a name that is uh, new for NC State, uh, but he is kind of, uh, I, I'm interested to see him because he kind of is a known commodity because he's gotten, he, for those unfamiliar, he spent two years at Oregon and he was their most used reliever last year. He had uh, 34 appearances and 24 of them uh, were scoreless. So he's a guy that has been shut down in a, a good power five conference already. So haven't seen him yet, you know, in the ACC, but he's kind of a known commodity. Um, I'm also a couple of freshmen, uh, Dominic Fritton. Uh, they're really excited about and expect him to uh, be the Sunday starter to start the year. So obviously anytime you get a freshman getting the ball on the weekend as a starter, uh, that's a guy who I think could, could certainly be an X factor. Uh, another freshman they're really excited about is Andrew Schaffner. He's a right-hander. Fritton is a lefty. Um, but Schaffner uh, is electric, they say. And uh, so he's a guy that is probably going to be a high leverage uh, guy early in the year against right-handed hitters. Uh, he's going to be a big factor, and he's really pitched uh, well in the spring and especially the last couple of weeks has made another jump where he's kind of positioned himself as one of the go-to guys. So that's that's exciting. You're going to have two freshmen. Uh, when you bring back a, a decent amount of depth, right, you bring back – uh, three guys that have started a lot and some other key bullpen pieces like a Baker Nelson or like a Carson Kelly guys with experience. Um, when you, when two freshmen you think are going to play that big of a factor, that kind of tells you they think they have a really high ceiling and that they're ready to pitch right now. Um, another, I, maybe the biggest X factor is Creed Watkins, who is an Oklahoma transfer. Um, and big arm, right? Yeah. Huge arm. Um, he is not he's not throwing this right right now, 
but he has touched, you know, 99, hundred miles an hour before in his lifetime. Um, he hit like 97 in the fall, I'm told at NC state. So, um, he's a guy that, that brings a, a different level of just power pitching. Um, and NC state, you know, Villeman was, was that guy last year. Um, but miles per hour wise, you know, he was going to be 93, 94. And I think the fastball played up from yeah. that with its spin rate. And, and you could see that it was getting on guys a little quicker than you would expect 93, 94. But, but yeah, Watkins is a guy with a power arm. Uh, that they hope can can be that X factor uh, out yeah. of them. Kind of getting into the weeds a little bit before we move to the lineup, but you know, you start to schedule off with Wagner this weekend, and then right away your first midweek game on the road at Coastal Carolina. Um, so I, I don't know what Coastal Carolina's prognosis is this year or the expectations, but traditionally very strong, uh, very formidable. So, if you had to make some guesses on how they plan to use the midweek, do you have any ideas of how that might go early in the year? Yeah. So Coastal this year, uh, D1 Baseball had them picked fifth uh, in the Sun Belt. So a little yeah. down from where they have been uh, historically. But obviously, you know, that's a place that NC State has, has played quite a bit. And uh, the ball, if the wind's blowing out, <laughs> you might see both teams hit four or five home runs. Uh, certainly seen that before. So. Um, as far as midweek goes, I think that's something that's that's still uh, that that is kind of the the real thing that still has to shake out uh, every yeah. year going into you know okay what you really try to set up is okay who's throwing on the weekend uh, you know who's going to be that key guy out of the bullpen that might be the swing guy and then obviously uh, you want a couple of of guys both righties and lefties that you feel like you can bring in in high leverage situations but. Um, you know, Garrett Payne was that guy quite a bit last year. Um, he had off-season surgery on his elbow. And so uh, with that, he's not going to be available this season to pitch for NC State. So um, that is kind of a question mark for this team is can someone step into that um, midweek role? Yeah. Let's move to the um, to the lineup in the field. Um, sure. You know, you're, I'm, I'm assuming Jacob Kozart will be the catcher. Um, did a lot of that last year, and I think you're hoping for a nice jump from freshman to sophomore year. Depth may be a little bit of a question mark at catcher, uh, relying yeah, on I don't, I don't think so as much. You would think really? that, but maybe maybe not the case. They really, really like Cannon Peoples, the freshman. The freshman. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I think that's going to be a bit more of a, of a true split than okay. anyone would have anticipated. You mentioned Cozart looking to make a jump. He certainly did in May of yeah. last year uh, he hit 388 in the month of may and so usually you would think that's the time that maybe freshmen are starting to get a little tired especially because he had to catch so many games last year um but he had his best offensive performance in may so and he's tearing the cover off the ball right now so they're very excited about him but you know he did that last spring as well and it took a little while for him to get used to you know college that level of pitching and i think we started to see what he can really do in may so uh Obviously, they're excited about Cozart and him making a jump. But Peebles is a guy who went to Hanover High School in Virginia, the Hanover Hawks. That's where Andrew Kisner went to high school. Uh, yeah. And he is he's really tight with with Kisner. He talks to him all the time. And um, Kisner kind of, you know, put him under his wing and, and even taught him um, uh, at some camps and, and things like that. They have a relationship from back when, you know, he was in uh, either late middle school or early high school. So. Um, he's kind of got an NC State alum and a, and a major league catcher. 
Um, and they really like him. Uh, he's uh, the biggest thing as a freshman is to handle the pitching staff. Pitching staff and yeah. uh, the pitching staff really likes him. They like pitching to him. And so um, I think it's going to, and, and they certainly hope that it's going to be a positive for both guys and that um, Cozart's not going to have to catch, you know, both games of a doubleheader. Uh, right. And he's not necessarily going to have to catch all three games on a weekend. So, uh, with that split, they hope that it keeps both guys a little bit fresher. And obviously, the thing about Peebles, too, is he's a switch hitter. So you can have Cozart hit from the left side. Um, if you need a, a righty bat, obviously, uh, Peebles can provide that. And so um, he he has been, I wouldn't say like a, a too big of a surprise because they were high on him coming in. But he's just really impressed in the fall and the spring. And so, uh, yeah, everybody, I think, looking at it as, you know, Cozart is, is going to make a jump and, I'm not going to argue with that at all. It's just that they think they have some some depth at catcher. And really, Matt, um, you know, I was talking with some of the coaches. They feel like this is probably the most depth they've had in the position player group uh, in quite some time. Yeah. Especially in the outfield, which we'll get it's to. Crowded. It's crowded. The outfield yeah. is crowded. Yeah. Let's talk about infield. I mean, last year was um, fielding was probably more the issue. Yeah. They hit fine, obviously. Yeah. But um, – you know, I know from talking to Ann and others, uh, Gino Groover was getting a look at third base yep. back in the fall and that the reviews were pretty good. Um, do you think Groover is the primary third baseman at the uh, outset of the season? Yes. Yeah. Gino Groover uh, has worked really hard to uh, just just do the things necessary to play that position. You know, that's, you know, arm strength. Uh, that's footwork. That's just working on quickness. Um, remember, he played uh, middle infield. He played second base uh, at Charlotte. And really, you know, first base was not his natural position. And so, uh, once again, they're asking him to kind of play a little bit out of a natural, more natural position. Or to, I should say, maybe learn a, a bit of a new position. Um, he did a great job of that, you know, learning first base last year. And so, you will see him at third. Uh, however... Uh, you might see him, especially in like late game situations, you know, when uh, you're up a few runs, you really want to shore things up defensively. Uh, they might go ahead and move him back to first uh, just because he's probably their best defensive first baseman also. Um, but yeah, Gino will be at third and that's an area. Um, I mean, he's so consistent with the bat you expect, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I was uh talking with some people about him being at third and I had said, you know, he's just, you know, you know who, what you're going to get from Gino. So even though it is a new position, I'll kind of in my mind, I've already kind of taken it for granted. Like, Oh yeah, he'll be, he'll be just fine there. You know, that <laughs> does kind of remain to be seen, right. You can't right. project anything, but that's just kind of what he's done at NC state. Uh, he's, he's so consistent, you know, hitting line drives and, and um, he, you know, he's going to be one of the best hitters in the country. And, I would expect that uh, he'll play that position pretty well, but that is, that might be the biggest, uh, the biggest storyline in the infield is that, yeah, he's, he's taken on a new position. Yeah. And probably heading towards the top. He was the leadoff hitter for a good chunk of last year, if I recall. Or maybe yeah, about and a second. It, well, he, he moved around a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, you could put him in as the two hitter as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting how the lineup shakes out, and, and honestly, I don't have too many answers with that, with that because there's it's a good problem to have. You've got a bunch of candidates, and you say, well, all of these guys should hit, you know, probably in the top five. But when you have more than five guys, you know, how how does that shake out? That kind of remains to be seen. Yeah, 
uh, last year, Peyton Green started at shortstop. They moved into third base, kind of had some, you know, rookie, rookie growing, growing pains, I guess you would say, at shortstop. He actually hit better than people may remember, I think, with Peyton Green. He, he was a pretty solid hitter. Um, he came in with huge expectations. Do you feel like he's in a position now to kind of grab that shortstop position, get, get some of that confidence back? and be the everyday shortstop that we NC State fans have been so spoiled by. I mean, it really is a long run of unbelievable players short. As you mentioned, I mean, he came in very, very highly touted, and that long run of shortstops is a big reason why he wanted to come to NC State. Uh, Because, you know, they've proven over the years, this is a place where you can be an elite shortstop and continue on to the next level. And so – Yes, uh, he is going to be the starting shortstop on uh, opening day. And that is a place that, you know, the game was a little fast for him last year. Uh, There's never a doubt that, you know, he had the athleticism to play the position. I mean, he he has the athleticism to play shortstop uh, in the big leagues. And there's, to be honest with you, that's kind of one of the things in college baseball. Obviously, every team has a shortstop. uh, But even the guys who are, you know, potential prospects, for the next level, most of them, they say, okay, he's playing shortstop in college, but it's kind of like almost every good player in high school will play shortstop. Right. But right. not, not as many of them can translate and play shortstop in college. It's the same thing moving forward. But for Peyton green, he's the guy that scouts look at and they say, yeah, he can play that position uh, at the next level. And so um, the game, I think is slowed down a little bit for him. Um, and he is just crushing the ball in the spring. <laughs> I mean, they were really excited um, and you, the word that you use, the important word there is confidence. And as a freshman, you know, uh, the game's moving kind of fast. You have all these expectations. You're coming in to be, you know, the next guy. And, um, and obviously it can be a lot to handle. And, you know, we saw him at third base as well. He can play some third, he can play some second if need be, but that's not the plan. Uh, the plan is for him to play shortstop and pair up the middle with Kali Harrison who played shortstop. Speaking of being a freshman shortstop, he started 56 games at Texas A&M as a freshman. Um, And so they feel like they've got a really good pairing up the middle there uh, where they have Green and Harrison. And obviously that's a big loss when you lose JT Jarrett, who's a tremendous defensive second baseman. But they feel like they've got a couple of shortstops there that can combine up the middle. Yeah, Harrison can kind of be where I went. It's got to be weird for Elliott Avent to – write a lineup card and not put JT Jarrett yeah. at second. I think he's been doing that for like the last five years <laughs> or something like that. But uh, Harrison had a reputation for being a good infielder mm-hmm. and a defensive infielder at Texas A&M who hits a little bit. Um, yeah. He's actually got some, some pop in his bat too. Uh, I saw him in a scrimmage, uh, hit a home run to right field. I mean, he, uh, he did. He, if you look at his average at Texas A&M, certainly uh, struggled offensively, more of a defensive shortstop you'd say, but uh, yeah, he he's a guy that has uh, taken big strides forward also offensively uh, coming into this year. And he is not, uh, I would say, like a light hitting second baseman where, you know, it's going to be all singles. I mean, he, he's he's got some power as well. So that's exciting. Yeah. I think first base obviously didn't become the question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard Will Marcy gotten some looks there. Yeah. Um, and then obviously they're very excited about the freshman. Eli Serrano, the third, who some people tell me looks really impressive just physically when you see him. He yeah. just looks like a, a, a stud baseball player. Um, 
Yeah, you, know, you have an idea of how you how that might potentially play out at first. Yeah, the short answer is they're both going to play. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Will Marcy, uh, we saw in times last year, you know, he he had a couple of pinch hit home runs yeah. last year. You know, he got some pinch hit opportunities. He got some outfield opportunities. But it's a conversation they had with Will Marcy. You say, look, the outfield's really crowded. You're the guy out of this outfield that has some experience, uh, you know, playing a little bit of first. And, you know, he was he was open to that opportunity. Obviously, you know, guys just want to get in the lineup. Right. Uh, and so he said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll play some first. And so um, Marcy hits righty, Serrano hits lefty. So there's that mix. Um, they really are seeing Marcy as a guy that he's hitting the ball so well right now that whether he's at first, whether he is in the outfield or whether he's DHing, like they they want his bat in the lineup. Yeah. Um, and so but Serrano comes in as one of the uh, best prospects out of the state of North Carolina. He went to the perfect game, All-American game. Um and yeah, he's he's tall, big kid. Uh, a lot of the major league baseball comps are to Christian Yelich. Yeah, that's what um, I've heard. Who's obviously a tremendous hitter. Um, the one that popped in in my mind is uh, actually um, because he can play outfield as well. Because uh, I've been told now I haven't really seen him play a lot of outfield to be honest with you, but I'm told that he is just really rangy out there and uh, and and looks really smooth. And so. I had asked somebody if he's kind of like Cody Bellinger. And then a couple of days later, I was talking to Coach Avon. He made that comparison. He said, <laughs> I tell him all the time, he's like Cody Bellinger um, for the Dodgers, obviously. So he can play first, but he can play outfield. Um, and so he's a freshman, kind of like Peyton Green from last year, right? He's coming in with a lot of expectations, a lot of buzz. Um, and he has got a super high ceiling. So he's a guy that they're very, very excited about. And so... Uh, yeah, I'll go back to my my short answer, which is they're both going to play some first, and they're both going to get opportunities in the lineup. Minor correction, by the way, Cody Bellinger is now with the Chicago Cubs. Just speaking, ah, of, just okay. speaking as a diehard Cubs fan. Okay, well, good for your Cubbies then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. But I think touch. Bellinger. I think Dodgers. Yep, you did. Former MVP. Hopefully, back to MVP form at a bargain price for the Chicago Cubs. Okay, this year, but. Uh, yeah, I, I got to tell you, I'm locked in on on college baseball and yeah. and college basketball and, uh, yeah, Major League Baseball. But if you ask me who's <laughs> on what team right now, I could not tell you. <laughs> I can tell you that uh, uh, NC State alums made about a billion dollars. I don't know what the actual yeah. – what, the $400 million or something yeah, like that? Yeah, uh, you know what? I can tell you, yeah, yeah, Rodon's with the Yankees and, and Turner is now with the Phillies, right? So, yeah, uh, great, great for both of those guys. Very happy for them. Uh, then we come to the outfield, which I, you know, you almost get a headache trying to figure out. And, and to be honest, it's going to be a tough situation because obviously an established player may not be able to get the at bats he wants, or unless they platoon it. I'm just going to run through the list of candidates. Sure. And you can kind of sort see how you sort it out. Noah Souls obviously has started a ton of baseball at NC State. Um, was a 321 batter. A year ago, four homies. Um, you have Dominic Paloli, who came in from Charlotte, very highly touted, big left-handed bat. I thought he really was really playing some of his best baseball late in the season, had nine homies. Um, so you have those two guys coming back, and then, you, and then three transfers come in. Carter Trice from Old Dominion, who's a freshman All-American, a member of the US, uh, USA team, uh, team Team USA Baseball. Uh, then you have the two guys from Davidson who kind of put up video game numbers. 
for the wild card, uh, wild cats, Trevor Candelaria. Yep. And uh, Parker yeah. Nolan. Thank you. I'm trying to find him on the roster because I couldn't remember his name. Um, so that I just named you five guys. Yep. Um, I'm not even including guys like uh, a Michael Gruption who is sure. faster than fast, true freshman, very highly touted. Chase Nixon. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, I had some nice at bats last year for NC State. I'm, I'm, you know, you can go seven deep if you really wanted. Yeah, easily. Uh, so how does uh, Elliot Avent and Chris Hart and company figure out how to get these at bats spread out? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? I mean, you hope yeah. that you have twelve or thirteen guys that are trying to get in the lineup. Um, I think this year, certainly, uh, in any given game, if they need a pinch hit. You know, whether it's a righty or a lefty, I think they're going to have some very good options. Um, out of those five guys, though, you mentioned, you know, Noah Souls hit 321 last year. That was third on the team. Yeah. Um, and he's really kind of stepped up in, in a leadership role. Um, and the one thing that he didn't do last year because he, you know, he had a red hot April and he had a great year. Um, he just didn't hit for as much power as they think is possible for him. Uh, you know, he's a strong guy. That's kind of the next step forward for him. That was last year was his breakout year. Um, and they really expect him to take about as big of a step forward again. Uh, and obviously if he can, he hit for average and if he can hit for some more power number numbers and, you know, singles become doubles and doubles become homers, uh, he's going to have a, maybe an all ACC type of year. I mean, he can be a really good player for them. Uh, so they're excited about souls. Uh, and then the three transfers that you mentioned, Carter Trice is going to hit in the middle of this lineup. I don't know if he's going to be three or four or five, but he's going to be there. Um, he can. He, the the thing about all three of the the outfield transfers, whether we're talking about Trice or we're talking about Nolan or Candelaria, is that all of them can hit for power. But I think what's impressive as well is that all of them, if you look, are pretty good uh, speed guys. You know, they're able to steal some bases, and that's where. Um, you know, last year's team didn't have a ton of that. Uh, this year, I think defense certainly will be improved. And I think the ability to run uh, is going to be a weapon for this team as well. Um, and so Candelaria comes in as uh, D1 Baseball had him rated as the, the best of the outfielders uh, on this team. They have him ranked as the 23rd best outfielder in the country. And really, that's because he's very polished. Uh, he had 342 last year with 13 home runs and 13 stolen bases. So he can do uh, a bit of everything, and he just makes the right reads um, just as an overall very polished baseball player. And then uh, Parker Nolan, I think, is going to play center field. He's a guy from Wilmington. He went to Hoggard High School, and uh, they've got him as a top you know, 55 outfielder in the country. Um, he's stolen 20 bases in his career. His breakout year was really last year um, with the bat um, where he hit 310 and, and hit 15 home runs. So when you're talking about, you know, 15 home runs and, and 12 stolen bases uh, last year, you get excited about that. But honestly, uh, Nolan really jumped out to me just playing center field where it wasn't a sports center diving catch or anything. It's just a ball that was hitting the gap. And I thought that's a double. And he didn't have to dive for it. I mean, he just kind of ranged over and and made the catch on his feet. And you're like, that's that's pretty good outfield coverage right there. And so, um, yeah, between the four of those guys, really. And again, and you know, you mentioned Dominic Palali as well. Obviously, he's a guy that was coming off that knee injury. He had nine home runs last year. 
So, you know, if he now there was some swing and miss in his game, uh, he was second on the team in strikeouts. And so if he can, you know, have a good approach, he's certainly going to get at bats as well. So if he can have a good approach and, you know, if he's hitting, then his bat is really, really good and he's going to stay in the lineup. But it's going to be a battle between those guys. Um, and I think the good news is, is that, um, you know, you could probably get four of those guys in the lineup. One of them's going to have to be a DH, you know, right. but you can, that's, that's really where it's most crowded for this team is uh, is in the outfield. And it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting problem to have. And it's, it's a good problem to have because I think it's going to be pretty simple. I mean, if you, if you're hitting, you're going to stay in the lineup and, and if not, then somebody else is going to get a chance and they'll, they'll see if, you know, if they can hit. So um, the outfield is, is very exciting when you add not one, but, but three really impact outfielders. Yeah. How good at the defense could be up the middle? I mean, that's kind of – you're talking about an, an improved athletic uh, Peyton Green at shortstop. Yeah. You bring in Clay Harrison, who brings shortstop running to second base, and then right. you just talk about Parker Nolan at center field. Yeah, that's uh, the hope. I mean, that's really the the spine of the team, right? And if yeah. you're if you're good up the middle, then you have a chance to be really good. If you're not good up the middle, then it kind of <laughs> isn't as important, you know, how good is your third baseman, first baseman, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, at, at catcher, obviously Cozart in his second year. And by the way, I don't think I don't know. I mentioned it last year a couple of times, but I don't know if everybody knows this because it's not something you can go on GoPack.com and see the stats. But um, Cozart was the best catcher in the country last year when it came to framing. It's like an advanced analytics. You'll never see it on the stats, but it's like it's like strikes plus, which is it's basically you know, hey, the pitch was actually you can see on the on the TrackMan data that the pitch was actually you know three inches outside and he just framed it a little bit right. and say, Hey, you know, he might be worth, you know, five extra strikes on this day or seven extra strikes or whatever. And obviously that adds up over the course of a game. And so, um, yeah, with Cozart and Peebles and green and Harrison and then, uh, Nolan in center field, but also, um, Candelaria has played center field before, you know, as well. He was, he actually started as a freshman, uh, at Davidson, and center and then Nolan kind of pushed him out of that spot. So they've got, they've got some, some guys up the middle that they really hope is going to be a, a, a strong core of the defense and, and that that will lead to, you know, fewer errors and that'll make things easier on the pitching staff, right? right. Anytime there's an error, now you got to get four outs in the inning basically. So um, that's the hope. Last question about the team. And then one real quick question about the stadium to wrap it up. How okay. does this lineup? I remember the team that went to Omaha, and you never want to compare any team to a team that was uh, an outbreak away from potentially being a world champion. But that team's lineup, one through nine, was so brutal for opposing pitching staff. I look at this lineup, and I see somewhat similar potential based on past production. As I said, baseball is a fickle sport. A 310 hitter one year can be a 220 hitter the next. But based on past production and what you've seen, just how good could this lineup be? How difficult could this lineup be for opposing pitchers to get through once, much less twice in a start? Yeah, it, it has the chance to be really good. And that, you know, and that's why they're, you know, they're ranked in the, in the preseason by, by numerous polls. And, yeah. and it really starts with obviously Gino Gruber, um, who is just a line drive machine, but he also hit 10 home runs last year, you know? Yeah. So, when you're hitting for for average, you know he was up over 360 to lead the team, and then you can do that as well. Um, that's a great place to start to have a guy like that in your lineup. 
And then when you talk about, you know, Noah souls as well. Um, and then the guys who were, who were on the team last year, Peyton green and Jacob Cozart, that's usually in college baseball when you make your biggest jump from freshman year to sophomore year, especially when you get as much time as they did last year. Exactly. So, you know, they got, a, they got a ton of at bats last year. And when we look at this team as compared to last year's team, there's almost equal number of, of new faces. Uh, there's a lot of newcomers, but um, you're replacing pretty much everybody uh, in, in position players outside of Devontae Brown and, and JT Jarrett last year. Those were kind of the only the only guys that you're really, okay, these are everyday starters that have experience, whereas there's some more guys that have some experience. I think that'll help. And then, uh, you know, as Coach Moore always uh, tells me in women's basketball, he says, you know, the transfer portal is a chance to get older. Right. And when you add two grad students from Davidson, um, you know, that that's the opportunity to get fifth-year guys. Um, Carter Trice as well, college national team. Um yeah, this lineup has a chance to be really, really good up and down the lineup. And and keep in mind, I mean, last year's lineup was really good as well. And that's why, you know, you never want to take anything for granted. But year in and year out, um, you know, NC State has been a team that can hit. And a lot of that is, you know, the approach, you know, and Coach Ava and Coach Hart. You know, Coach Hart is working with these guys all the time on the approach and – it's a successful approach, you know, it, it, it is every single year. And it's also, you know, credit to the coaching staff for, you know, having an eye for talent and bringing mm-hmm. in the right kind of guys that, you know, are good fits in the locker room, but also, you know, just have the talent to play uh, big time baseball in the ACC. But it's it's also the approach. And so, uh, yeah, offensively, the, the players change year in and year out. But offensively, I mean, you pretty much get the same NC State um, every year. And so I would expect you know, nothing different this year, especially with the, just the amount of talent that they brought in. Uh, I, I lied. I, I do have one more question about the ACC before we get to the stadium. I've I, I seen a lot of buzz for Wake Forest, um, you know, Louisville and Florida State and all those teams. More times than not, they're, they're really good. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, – <clears throat> Clemson kind of going through transition with coaches. How do you – how do you see the division shaping out and then the ACC in general this year for uh, baseball? Yeah. I mean, D1 baseball thinks that there's 10 bids in the league. And there's <laughs> there's 14 teams. Right. You know, um, Syracuse does not field a baseball team if you're wondering why there's only 14. But, um, yeah, when you're talking about more than two-thirds of the league being being a tournament team and 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 even the teams that aren't projected to be you know like clemson is a team that's not projected to be there but it is clemson you know what i mean clemson baseball um you know they hired a big time coach and it the league's going to be really really good uh it always is um wake forest has the 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 highest preseason ranking kind of understandably so because they've got um they've got the starting pitching um and but again you know it's it always Health is always the biggest factor. So I think there's probably at least six or seven teams that compete, you know, to be the top team in the ACC. I think NC State is one of those teams. How that all shakes out, I mean, we'll see. But um, the league is going to be awesome. And as a broadcaster, it's really fun to call because, you know, obviously great history at NC State and being around a lot of great players and being able to to watch them play in their careers. And that's the case around the league. And, you know, some of the guys that you get to see year in and year out, 
Um, but those names you mentioned, I mean, it's the usual suspects, you know what I mean? And um, we got an early trip to Miami. Um, the, the coastal side will be good as well. <laughs> so it's it's always tough. Yeah, you're crossing over in the coastal with uh, Miami, Virginia, early in the year as well. Um, you also get, uh, obviously, North Carolina, traditional rivalry. I think the expectations are high for them. Yeah. Uh, and then you get Pittsburgh to end the year. Um, what uh, what should fans expect when they walk into Dope, Dope Field for the first time? Probably won't get the full experience right away with the uh, since there are a lot of day games early in the year. But um, what 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 the new experience is going to be like, especially for a night game, say yeah. March March sixteenth when Virginia comes for a seven p.m. first tip. Yeah. So. Um, Shameless plug. I retweeted this. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Sanders PXP. Yeah. But um, Jeff Gravely did a great video. NC State Athletics tweeted it out as well um, that explained uh, a lot of the upgrades. It's about a three minute video. Uh, if you're interested in the in the upgrades, I would definitely recommend watching that. Um, but to just kind of summarize it real quick, for a night game, they added the same uh, type of LED lights that were popularized at Carter Fenley this fall. So the ability to uh, do some cool things with the lights uh, after home runs, turn it red, et cetera. Um, also, the video board is much bigger and maybe more importantly, like the resolution is much better as well. So um, there's no longer the, the board is bigger than the old one was in totality. But remember, the old one had like advertisements, like static advertisement billboards around it. Whereas this one does not. And so it's just all uh, video board with pixels and it's even bigger. So um, you'll, you'll have a better look at, you know, replays and things of that nature. And you'll be able to read the graphics more. I'm told that the uh, miles per hour for the pitcher velocity is going to be up there, which I know a lot of fans. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm told that will be up there. So um I guess I'm the bearer of good news. So I'm happy to, <laughs> happy to uh, I know some people have been pushing for that. So that'll be up there. Um, and yeah, for a night game, I think those would be the biggest differences. Um, just for, you know, pushing the dugouts out a little bit more um, has been nice. It's a lot roomier in there. So uh, they really like that. That, that really won't affect the fans at all. The new chairbacks. Um, so those all look good. Wall padding is good. Um, this is nice for me, and it'll be nice for about half the stadium, is that in the past you couldn't really see from my position right behind home plate in the booth and anything left of that down the third base side. You couldn't see the visiting bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, they have moved the bullpens out behind uh, the fence now. So and, and there's, you know, a cutout there like you see in a lot of major league stadiums. So you can see who's warming up in the bullpen. Left field will be the visiting bullpen. Uh, right field will be NC State's bullpen. Uh, and that makes room, obviously, for the new building down there on the right right field line. So moving the NC State bullpen will be nice. There's the tree cover for when uh, it gets hotter out there. They'll have some shade. Um, they've also got power out there, so they've got heaters as well for these early February games, you know. Um, so they're excited about uh, the bullpens as well. There's also the uh, action clock which I think baseball purists won't be super happy about, but uh, there's a big clock that you can see. And that's obviously to deal with um, 
you know, moving the speed of the game and, and moving that along and making sure that, um, you know, you're moving within pitches and not taking forever between those. So um, that that is something that you'll you'll notice that clock. It's down the uh, down the left field line, third baseline. You'll you'll notice that. And um, I think there's some things I'm forgetting, too, as well. Where you the know, field the field will have a little bit of a new look with that. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the uh, the turf which keeps things just a lot cleaner for them. Uh, it goes uh, all the way around. Um, they, they've really liked that so far. And um, that's, that's something that uh, I know Mississippi state has done, which they kind of base that off of a little bit, but a lot of different places uh, has kind of made that move. It's still going to be, you know, um, a natural infield outfield. Um, but that's a, uh, that's a quality of life move. Uh, you don't have to paint the lines now. And, um, and just really excited for phase one. Obviously there's more phases to come. Um, that is, that's going to be great for, for fans. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, uh, what that first rendering had like grills down the line. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, awesome. That's, yeah. that's going to be really cool to see. We won't, we won't have that on, on Friday against Wagner, but, um, certainly a big project, and uh, just an exciting time for NC State baseball, really. You know, um, you know, good expectations coming into the year. You've got these stadium upgrades as well. And so, um, you know, the, the Doak has always been a great place to watch college baseball. I think it's going to be an even better place in the coming years. And, um, you know, I don't have to tell you, Matt. I mean, the, the Wolfpack fan base is tremendous. And um, I know there will be people out there when it's, you know, 38 degrees in late February and it's raining. Um, and so uh, hopefully, you know, we get some good weather and and hopefully we get um, as, as these phases continue to come through, you know, the ballpark is just a, a, a better place uh, for for pack fans to congregate and, and enjoy some really high level baseball. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, opening day doesn't come a day earlier when it's going to be like 76 degrees. Um, yeah, somehow it seems like it works out like that most yeah. most seasons. If not the day before, it's usually like the weekend prior is like 65 and sunny or something, you know. Yeah. But um, that's that's the tough part of having an outdoor sport when you start in mid-February. Um, yeah. I've been a proponent of this is a conversation for a different time, but I've been uh, a big fan of, you know, there has been some conversation about maybe pushing the season back a month. Um, personally, I would love that. But, um, you know, again, that's a – that's a, a tangent that we could get on and probably talk about for a while. So, yeah. Uh, you can hear him Thursday uh, uh, on women's basketball this, and then on, over the weekend with uh, baseball. You can hear him all the time. Follow him on Twitter, AJ Sanders PXP, right? Did That's I get right. that right? That's okay. Right. Um, you can hear him football pregame. Uh, you, can, you can see him all over the place. Every time I turn around, Andrew Sanders is doing something. Yeah, I try to stay busy. Just had a big uh, wrestling call with Hayden Heidley this past Friday, a big win uh, over Pitt. So, yeah. yeah, it's a busy time of the year right now, especially as we're gonna we're getting into crossover season here with uh, with basketball and baseball. But obviously, just really, really blessed and really thankful to be able to work with uh, with two great programs and to kind of juggle both of them. Like you said, basketball on Thursday, baseball on Friday, Saturday, and then uh, driving up to Blacksburg for more basketball on Sunday. <sighs> That's a lot. That's a killer schedule, by the way, for women's basketball. That's a huge weekend. Yeah. We're talking about baseball, but that's a huge weekend coming up for NC State women's basketball. You get potential revenge 
on both both teams. Um, yeah. But uh, big rivalry game. It's rivalry weekend for NC State. You got wrestling, women's basketball, and men's basketball. That's all right. Playing North That's Carolina. Right. Yeah. yeah. We'll have it all covered. We actually have a wrestling podcast. Former wrestler Tariq Wilson will be joining the show to uh, talk about that. So be, be on the watch out for that. Um, and be on the watch out for baseball coverage. I'll be out there Friday. Very um, good. Yeah. So hopefully the rain will be out of here. I think it's supposed to be out of there by mid-morning, late morning. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. We'll test out the new drainage system. At, uh, That's right. I see there's things that I forgot. There's new drainage as well. So that'll hopefully get, thing, get them back on the field quicker. Yeah. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff. So just a reminder, please uh, subscribe to The Wolfpacker on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. It's The Wolfpacker for both accounts. Um, you can get this podcast wherever you download your podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get them, iTunes, wherever. Please leave a comment. If you have a question for Andrew Sanders about the baseball lineup, I'll let him know. He'll come out and answer it or I'll answer it for him. Uh, do whatever you need to do. And just a reminder to please uh, support our sponsor, RogueShop. Dot com for all your natural cannabis needs, whether you have anxiety, sleep, sleep deprivation, chronic pain, uh, legal natural supplements to maybe help you out. Try it out and see if it helps. Uh, that's rogueshop.com. So uh, for Andrew, it's been awesome as always. It's Matt Carter. This has been the Wolfpacker.com podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.